I am me. It's been forever. Apparently, my episodes have 90 total plays. Who's playing this 90 times? Or how, like how? I think my dad's here. Nope, it's my neighbors. It's like, wait, my dad's gonna wonder why I'm even talking into my phone awkwardly. <laughs> Are you guys even able to hear me? Nope, okay, let's move on. Uh, 90, okay, I think I have five episodes, but that's still, to me, it's a lot. I don't understand, I don't connotate any happiness to monetary gains. Thanks, shrooms. But who? Who is this? Who are? Who are they? That are tuning in. Who are they? Who are thou? Who are folks? Yeah, you want to hear about my nightmare that I had seven months ago? Go right ahead. Go do it. Um, but I've had a tremendous time in life uh probably the last time that i recorded this was in <clears throat> i keep on talking from my throat and i have to project my voice from my core so i'm trying to sit up straight tits up shoulders back and project and yet i have no idea how to project into a microphone i do stand-up comedy every single day still can't do that <clears throat> but Uh, yeah, last time I recorded this was in September. I've been on a handful of shows since then. Um, probably around the time that I did this last one. Actually, no, I did this in August. So I did a parking lot show for Wiley's. Got paid for that. That's That was sweet. It was like, yeah, two cups of coffee, dude. It's awesome. But I, yeah, I've been doing stand-up every day this week I did I did it six times a week I bombed at some show with like a town where really the center of the town the center piece was a CVS 10,000 people and I bombed like this happened three weeks ago and I could still feel the pain it wasn't like just a head thing it was my entire body that experienced the pain of bombing and it was a part of it was because i like other comics have done well in that set like in that exact show other comics did well and i just fucking nothing just zilch crap i was it felt like i was having an anxiety attack it definitely didn't seem like it. I still stuck with my bits, still did it, and just panic. I felt this knot traveling through me, and right after I got off stage, it was like it got to my head, and I had like little, like, pins, like little pins across my head while there was still a knot in my stomach and i was wearing two jackets and i still like felt well i felt very hot because not because i was wearing i wasn't wearing two jackets i was actually wearing one sweatshirt 
but I felt very, very hot. Internally, not externally. See, bombing's painful. It, and it was because it was a full bar. I mean, people just trying to watch their Michigan game. I'm describing probably the worst thing that happened to me in the last month. But that was a cool experience It because it was like, it was palpable how it felt for me. And I'm so used to open mics, bombing at open mics doesn't mean that you're good or bad. It's like, this is an open mic. Audiences suck. You're lucky if you don't have a heckler. You're lucky if you have at least one person that's paying attention. But a show, nothing. Just nada. Nada. And I got paid. I think I got paid $5. I, yeah. $5 to bomb. Um, but I've just been, I, I know that I've been getting better at stand-up. I should really recap on everything that's happened in my life. Um, yeah. That was the lowest point, but that was the most necessary thing because I was like, fuck, I need to really work on this material, which I'm still doing. I still, it still sucks, but it sucks a little bit less than it did a month ago. Um, and I'm very, I, I like that I don't suck as much as I, I like that I'm progressing. And that's something that is... So, like, that's a guarantee in stand-up is you get better. As time goes on, little by little, I suck, and I'm so new into it. I'm so new into it, and I still suck. And I did a show last night um, in a town a, a few miles south of Cleveland, um, and that was pretty fun. That was a pretty cool show. I drove 240 miles and got paid in grilled cheese. Got paid in grilled cheese. Did well, but I chose to do a very, very new joke that I haven't worked on for my closer. And that really made me feel the holes in my jokes where I... And, and like I really felt like I don't believe in this joke when in all my other jokes that I've been working on for months now I know exactly which direction I'm going even though I've been like for example the one where I which joke like my age bit I've been doing that for two months now I think I think two months now and that's something that I still don't know the direction to, but I know how to tell it. I know which way to tell it to get the biggest laughs. And I still have not figured out which direction I want to take with it. It's so exciting because I'm just like, I don't know. This thing didn't get a laugh. I know this version of it gets something. Let me try it out that way. Let me trust open micers. I don't put my trust in them. Don't ever do that. That's an unreasonable thing to do. Um, trusting open micers. I mean, no. I shouldn't say trusting open micers. I th the average, the average. And I'm, 
I'm very lucky to be around people or to want to talk to people who I find funny and are funny. Like, I'm lucky enough to be that much of an elitist to where I'm like, you know what, if you're not funny or if you're just really, really boring a year into stand-up, I probably won't want to talk to you. I think it's just the funny thing. It's like the funny, like, we're like magnets and I've, be I've befriended <laughs> consistently, even at like shows where I'm brand new to, like, the people were funny. I was like, I want to talk to this person. I was really laughing hard at that joke. I just love it. Um, I learned how to make kimchi. I'm making another batch today. I still have, I don't think I've made sourdough all month long. It's been a minute and I'll probably make some on Sunday, but I have to feed the starter and I have not fed it in a while. Um, but yeah, li life has been pretty great for me outside of the fact that I am not running, period, but I will be, I will, I will be once I really break in my shoes. I just got my unemployment money so I could just be a waste of space and buy expensive groceries it's a win-win situation for me and a great excuse to be lazy my school will be done in a month isn't that wild that's crazy like i won't have to even bother with college education for the entire month of december and that's thrilling to me because guess what i get to do watch too many comedy specials that's a that's a true joy of mine. I could finally watch Elephant in the Room on Christmas Day. I'm gonna watch it on Christmas Day and I have not watched Elephant in the Room in yeah in well over a year because I can't have great things all the time. I can't keep on watching the things that I enjoy in life constantly. And yet I'm still listening to Skanks for the Memories. I'm still listening to it. God, it, it's insane how funny David tells us. It's in, it can't even be explained. It's almost like there is no premise. There, the laughs per minute, he probably holds the record for it. He probably holds a record for it. And you won't... D Dave Chappelle in recent... Still, without a shadow of a doubt, brilliant. But the laughs per minute in Dave Attell... Any, anything that Dave Attell does... Is most likely the highest. And that's... And the quality... Of jokes. Like, the quality of tags is just crazy and he throws you into these loopholes and like you get out and then you he just goes into like the next joke and you get lost in some other thing and it's like oh fuck he's like holy shit you're just thrown into all sorts of concepts and it's hard to enjoy other stand-up comedy when you know 
that that is how brilliant somebody is. It's hard to even think, yeah, I could do this when somebody is that amazing at it. It's not... I don't know how comics who were just coming up around David Tell like just continued with their lives knowing, yeah, that guy's the most brilliant person. He's... It's... I watched... Uh, this this like set that he did on on an evening at the improv and it was like um, like it had one joke that was in skanks for the memories but like in skanks for the memories it's like joke 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 like it was multiple jokes and in between it like was okay so he says uh, I hate traveling because my dad beat me with a globe and I'm sure I'm missing something else but he goes into like how he's called random uh, random bag check and he does like a small snippet of that joke in his 1994 an evening at the improv but What's fascinating to me, because there's obviously that throwing away um, jokes and like, yeah, I'll come up with something new, but he, with time, because Skanks for the Memories came out in 2003, so nine years later, came out with this special that was so layered, and there isn't a moment where you're not laughing you're still catching your breath from the last time from the last tag and then he just hits you with another one where you're just like I could just laugh at this for five minutes straight just nothing but laughing at this punchline but you know what he'll retag it that's that is a wild thing that when people talk I don't when people talk about truly brilliant comedians he's he's just sitting at Mount Olympus he's just there like he's the true craftsman that like if you want to call stand up a craft and really crafting jokes he's done it and he does it like he is a craftsman like he crafts these jokes that are so brilliant and jokes about everything just everything I just realized that one of the jokes um, <laughs> one of the jokes in, in that album is really a rape joke and he's like, is everybody who's got it, like, who's gonna get it, like, get it? And then he just moves on. It's like, holy shit, this is a rape joke. I did not realize it in my first 15 times listening to the album. <laughs> it's a rape joke. And he just does it. That's, oh my god. <laughs> oh. I'm just, I could talk about how incredible it, it's an incredible feeling to know that I could enjoy it because enjoying it's like 
such an incredible it's such an incredible thing to be able to do like to just have the ability to just enjoy this masterpiece on demand is such an awesome thing and he is like i know he's a comics comic but he's underrated criminally there are people who if these famous people wouldn't exist if the world really understood how funny he is they would say that person could go fuck themselves they can't even touch this guy who's making like we call ourselves the old fuckables <laughs> It's, oh, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Skanks for the memories. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And I would want that relationship. I would want to be in a relationship with somebody who loves stand-up as much as I do. Because that's really what I so sacredly love in life is stand-up. I could argue and rail about how like how ridiculous government is and how we should stop paying attention but at the end of the day I don't care at all but stand-up is something that I love. I wouldn't want to be friends with somebody who's like you know what blank is the greatest comedian of all time. I would not want to be friends with somebody who has a terrible taste in comedy. That would, I mean, I wouldn't want to be in, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because I know a lot of people who, that's no insult to anybody. That's no, everybody should be into whatever they're into, but I wouldn't want to be in a long-term relationship with somebody who has a terrible taste in comedy. And I'm saying this as a person who occasionally watches like I watch Def Jam. I can't say occasionally. I, I watch it. But I know that it's hack. And when I go to a, an open mic or a show, and this always happens at least once, if not twice or three times per show, where I hear a joke that I've heard before. It's like, that's stolen. That's some, I could tell you exactly whose joke that is. This person is doing this person and nobody else. How do you guys not notice that your stand-ups have been doing it for double the time that I have? How do you not see this? It is odd to me how, how much other open micers just don't know stand-up. Like just don't know the thing that we're trying to do that's such a that's such an odd thing and I feel like I don't know it I don't know like the entire history of it like I'm I'm still getting into it I'm still getting into it and really and maybe like the way that I'm doing it is so like detailed because I'm like I like this comedian I will watch every piece of work that they've done I will learn about the entire person and what led up to their there's a I had to look for an evening at the improv and then find 
like that the episode that David tell us and I found an evening at the improv and watch it I was like oh this is where it, like that's what that's what this is and then I found his HBO half hour I was like oh these jokes are also on skanks on the mem- skates for the memories and then bam it's yeah cool it is cool it is cool to enjoy this because it it gives back so much to me laughter is my favorite commodity it's the commodity that reigns supreme in my mind it really is and yeah that's simply what it is yeah if somebody you know what if somebody genuinely was like stand-up comedy i love tiffany haddish i'd probably just treat them like a child that's really what I would do. And maybe it's because Tiffany Haddish is... This is just my brain rattling off. Is like famous and whatever for having a certain persona. But somebody like a Marina Franklin who's hilarious... Is not like some stadium tour comedian and not everybody is in this I don't I don't give a shit I for some like this morning I don't I've had headaches today I don't have them as much I hope my anxiety does not conjure them up right at this hour but I'm feeling just fine I took a Tylenol two hours ago I should be I should be feeling great but I was watching uh, Nikki Glazer's uh, podcast I, I don't I know it was her radio show um, but she has she usually has like big name uh, people on there like whether it's comedians or even like Instagram stars and stuff like that and she what I've noticed and I respect her like I really do like she I constantly see day after day female comedians trying to do her act and trying to do like oh let me pull off sex material it's like you can't do it she makes fun of how she looks she's like yeah if i go out without makeup i'll look like a boy and she genuinely like it's funny and she makes jokes about how her pussy looks weird and like she's not people don't understand that you have to be you have to be introspective you can't just be this you have to be well-rounded is a better word to be you have to be introspective in order to really seem like a well-rounded person and maybe because we're stand-up comics and i think for so many uh i'll just say it for so many young female comics depending on the, the very attractive ones i should say the very off the top attractive ones don't have to be funny they don't have to get into it to be funny there isn't like there isn't an underlying insecurity you're not genuinely like there isn't something fucked up in your life to where you've had to look for comedy and that that should be the overarching thing for all people who are attractive before they stand before before they do stand-up comedy and they're just like yeah i'm cool and nobody's gonna like you if you're like, I am so awesome. 
I am so hot. Nobody likes when you do that. And so many female comics try to just, like, have this, yeah, I'm awesome. You guys want to fuck me because I'm cool. And it's like, we're not laughing at that. We're not laughing at that. Don't do a feature spot and just talk about how cool you are and how hot you are. That's not... Like, at least I prefer... I love one, one-liners. Why don't you just do one-liners? <laughs> just do that. Figure out... I think people need to learn. And I, I'm a terrible example of this. Actually, I'm, I'm a... I tr- I'm trying to write whatever the fuck I can. Just writing jokes. And I don't believe in myself enough to tell jokes about, I don't know, random shit in my life. I don't, I don't think I'm ready to do that at all. I also like the material that I do because it's my genuine observations of absurdities that I see in life and my personal sense of humor, which in many ways has been shaped by the comedy that I grew up watching, and also the sense of humor that I have. I need to, I should probably be more understanding of that. Like, not everyone had to be funny, and I was under the impression that people, everyone who does comedy, I used to think, was that kid who had to be funny or make jokes to relieve tension and that's usually a lot of my favorite comedians are like that are the people who are the comedic relief in their lives but so many people are not and that's not nobody should be gatekeepers or anything like that but it's just you're into this for different reasons and that's an interesting thing it's an interesting thing to be somebody who's like I could already get modeling work. I'm sure not really model. They're attractive for stand-up. And they, you should just work a nine to five. But they're still like, you know, we're going to try our hardest to write this. And it's like, that's totally cool. But they also don't have a sense of humor about them. And that probably, I don't care what anybody, I enjoy people who just don't, understand anything that's going on and just I mean ridiculous open micers I I enjoy that I relish watching that because my friends and I who are my friends who are genuinely funny and myself laugh at that we make fun of it but those people who are like yeah I'm awesome and then they don't have a sense of humor about themselves Like, they don't, they don't have a sense of humor where they're able to just take jokes about what's, like, they don't know how to take even insults. And it's like, dude, you, you already look great. You have nothing to be insecure about. And you're still like, oh my god, this person said that to me. Like, I'm, I was at an open mic and one of, like, my fellow, like, one of, one of the other conks is, like, talking about a girl that he was dating and he was like, she looks even darker than Haleeman, and I was like, yeah, totally. I am midnight. Literally midnight. I am legitimately midnight dark. And and that's just... 
that's a simpler thing. That's such a, like, I've been called shaped like a football. <laughs> I've been told that, I've been, that I'm shaped like a football, called precious. I don't look like her at all, especially right now. I mean, I don't work out one bit. I just do like three push-ups a day. And yeah, <laughs> I'm at the lowest weight that I've been in in the last seven years. So who's killing it? Me. But, <laughs> but you have to have a sense of humor about yourself and maybe it's because these people have never faced actual adversity so they don't know how to take any of it. Because when I was insulted throughout my life, it was genuine like, you are a piece of shit. That's what I was treated like. So when a comedian who genuinely is friends with me and respects me is like, yeah, you look like this, it's totally cool because we have a mutual respect and we roast one another. That's a part of being comics. And maybe it's because we are fucked up. We were screwed up, but there's a reason why we're in this and we're happy. <laughs> we're in this and we're happy. But uh, I am on a tangent. I was gonna do 30 minutes and then go back to my paper, but, or start my paper, rather. Start it. <sighs> but I was watching that podcast, I mean that radio show, it was like, it, it was a visual thing, and I was like doing it while I was like on my computer, and I couldn't help but notice how much, like, as a radio show host, uh, Nikki Glaser was so focused on how, like, somebody's, like, clout, how somebody's, like, yeah, you're fucking, there was, uh, an episode with Kevin, it's like, yeah, Kevin, instead of, like, Kevin Nealon, instead of, like, asking, yeah, of course, why wouldn't I be excited about this? It's Kevin Nealon. It's so cool to be around Davis, or, like, whatever famous people, it's, like, do you think that those people get annoyed by how much they're just you're just reminding them yeah i'm famous or maybe it's like a famous trait like if it's a famous people trait to just like yeah everybody's just into me because of my name and um, and it's probably the nerd in me that that thinks if i get to meet louis ck i'd probably ask him about alternate realities and horace and pete that's what I'd probably ask him about, or like something just so specific about like a like a particular joke that I heard when I saw him live, but I never got to see it in his most recent special. Like I would be the one to ask him about that. And it it's weird to me how people are just all about like star power. And it's like, yeah, shouldn't fame be enough? And it's like, what is so desirable? I, other than financial stability. And Lord knows I need it. I see Lord, like, you know, it's a fun word to say Lord, even though I totally don't know if anything is real, if there, if Big Bird is God, or there's nothing, there's just nothing up there. And that's totally a thing. But 
other than financial stability, what is desirable about being like the super famous person? And I definitely will be the first to say that obviously in the back of my head when I first started comedy, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't mind that. But now I'm just like, dude, I don't want to. I love a normal life. Imagine being able to afford an apartment and like, like a nice apartment and a solid car. But like, I don't need a butler. I don't need any of that. I don't want it either. I would not want somebody cleaning my bathroom for me. I like cleaning it. I love the smell of pine saw. I had a great time cleaning my bathroom today. It was lovely. I wouldn't want to change that. And I want, maybe it's my like sense of normalcy where I'm just like, yeah, I just want to be as great as I could possibly be at stand up. But I also don't want to be dead broke, which I'm not, I'm not right now. I'm literally at the bottom in both scenarios. I just nothing. And I deserve to be for a long time, not deserve. I, I should be so that I work hard at it. Like, I would never want to let, all that I want in life is to be great at stand-up comedy. That's all that I could ever desire in life, is that when I am 20, 20 years in, I could do a great hour. That's, that's my dream in life. I don't... I'm still fat and I'm like, that's not my dream. That's something that I'm going to get to in two months. Like, I know that it's a goal that I'll just be able to tap in two months. It's not my dream in life. My dream in life is that when I do reach 40, I could do a killer hour. I could do it. I could do an okay seven minutes. I could do a solid seven. But I'll get to that hour someday. <laughs> And yeah, oh, st yeah, star chasing is fascinating to me. And it is likely because I'm removed from that and I don't even look at that. I don't look at people who are uber famous and like think that that's a desirable life. There is nothing attractive about that to me. There is nothing attractive about almost not having any privacy oh funny thing that happened this one time i think this was a week after covid started and um i mean not start but like when everything locked down i'm going to be doing like a few more minutes but a week after covid started i was uh, working drive through at starbucks and there was one customer who was like, hey, you were at Barrel last week. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, keep doing it. That's what he told me. As I gave him his venti pink drink with light ice, he was like, keep doing it. He didn't say that I was funny. He was like, just keep on trying. You suck at it. Keep on trying. It's like, yeah, I'm trying it. That joke that you heard killed. I made a hundred people laugh with that joke. It's always that joke that I'm just like, yeah, I know it's people know it, but the amount of times that it's bombed is appalling. 
the amount of times that it's bombed is appalling and that's really with all the best jokes the one time that i brought a friend out to to my show she heard that hitler joke and she was like what the fuck and i bombed just bombed she was like so this is what you do with you it's like yeah every day of the week every single day i i am busy after 6 p.m every day of the week i work i've been working on this joke for so long wow oh, it's so funny to me i mean how much i suck or how weird it is that bombing is such a wonderful thing and the one time that i got recognized well yeah the one time that i got recognized at, while at my job somebody was telling me hey don't quit at this you don't don't hang yourself keep on doing it oh it's a joy to me that is an absolute joy but yeah i'm pretty happy i also have a paper that i told my teacher i would submit yesterday it's not yesterday i also went to cleveland last night rest stops have been better now they have been better people are wearing their masks 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 mask guy mask guy people have been wearing their masks and that's pretty pleasant i forgot to even mention anything about my aunt i just had like an hour-long conversation about how um she was really just talking about how dumb how bad weed is and addiction is and i was like i i obviously have to just pander to her but i smoke weed i just do it once or twice a week now because i am busy and i have things to do and i also have a terrible tolerance if i i love i respect i respect those people who who are able to just like smoke a joint and go about their day if i smoke a joint my day is over my day is over i will just it's usually just an end of the day thing if i ever do it it's usually right after a show right after like at the end of an entire day where i did whatever i needed to do took care of all of my responsibilities then i'll get high and watch a movie that's usually how it is but interesting stuff i yeah my aunt thinks that we just i wasn't even talking to her just about that i was talking to her about how uh my cousins don't know how to parent their kids and that's a genuine opinion that i have somali somali parents don't know how to parent they don't know how to raise kids that are very responsible uh yeah and i it's you know they just suck at it they don't know how to drive and they don't know how to raise kids and weed is great i should restate that weed is such a wonderful wonderful thing it just invokes so much joy And awkwardness at grocery stores just so much awkwardness at grocery stores it <laughs> yeah 
drugs are great, except for, you know, you know which ones. You know who you are, fentanyl. But I'll call it because I have to write a paper. Start doing the paper and get a passing grade because I have a month. I have a month of school left. And so I will be so. There's a possibility that everyone's going to be locking back up everywhere. And I will be very, 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 very heartbroken because I'm finally. I'm writing more than I have. Uh, like even before COVID, it was almost like I felt lazy mentally. Like I wasn't putting as much effort or like even thinking of jokes. And now I'm like, I feel that I'm hitting a, like this, like I'm, I know that I'm, I'm building what is essentially slight calf muscles like the, the the muscles are like being built and it takes forever but you have to do it all the time so when they do close all these places it pulls up it puts a halt to everything it stops everything and i know that it's necessary and people have to live and we have to care about whatever at-risk people there are but hey my wendy's joke sucks I need to work on it next week. So DeWine, don't give a shit about the people, okay? Don't care about the people, who cares? Let them all die, die, please. That, that Wendy's joke needs to be worked out. That, that joke sucks. I don't even know where the punchline is. Where's the punchline? I don't know, did I even sit down and write it? Of course not. Um. But I'll just do this at another point in time, whenever. I'll just do it in a month. You know what? If they do lock up everywhere, I'll just do this again. <laughs>